Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Our opening music today is Day by Day. The words were composed in Swedish by Lena Sandell in 1865. She wrote more than 600 hymns in Swedish. Day by Day is one of the most popular. The music was composed by Oscar Onfelt in 1872. It was popularized by Swedish opera star Jenny Lind. In this case, it's being played by Edward and Christian Klassen on a Paraguayan harp and accompaniment. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis uh, by Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 594 for release on Sunday, July 12th, 2020. On WaveScan today, unusual shortwave stations in Paraguay. We'll go back to the HFCC in Malaysia and our Philippine DX report from Henry Omarai. Well, here in WaveScan today, we come to the final topic in our five-part mini-series on the radio scene in South American Paraguay. Our closing topic in this series is unusual shortwave stations in Paraguay. And Ray Robinson begins this story today in Canada, back last century. Thanks, Jeff. It was on March the 13th, 1957, that medium wave station CFAM was inaugurated at Altona, Manitoba, Canada, with two transmitters at 1,000 watts each on 1290 kHz. This medium wave commercial station was owned and operated by a Mennonite Christian congregation in a small town with a population of considerably less than 2,000 people. Eighteen years later, in 1975, station CFAM was operating with 10 kilowatts on 950 kHz, and it was by this time the key station for a very successful small regional network of medium wave and FM stations in the area, known as the Golden West Network. During the spring of that same year, 1975, medium wave station CFAM in Alberta, Canada, received a request from a small Mennonite community living in an isolated country location in Paraguay. They were asking for technical assistance in establishing a radio station in their town, Philadelphia, and so three men from the Canadian station CFAM, Ed Stotes, Jack Hoopner and Frank Croker, were dispatched to Paraguay in South America. Six months later, the new South American medium wave radio station at Philadelphia in Paraguay was inaugurated on September 15, 1975 as La Voz del Chaco, ZP30, with 10 kilowatts on 610 kHz. Their first radio studio was installed in the Mennonite Church building in Philadelphia, and the transmitter was installed in a small brick building at the end of a dirt track some four miles out of town. Subsequently, the studio in the church building was extended, and later again a nice modern building was constructed in town to house the studio facilities. There was no electrical infrastructure in that area of Paraguay, and we'd suggest that the original program feed from the in-town studios to the out-of-town broadcast transmitter was via a modified amateur radio transmitter. For the first time some 30 years later, the 2005 edition of the World Radio TV Handbook shows that a low-powered shortwave transmitter was on the air for La Voz del Chaco ZP30 in Philadelphia, Paraguay as a program feed. 
This first listing of a 100 watt transmitter on the out of band channel 6884 kHz as a program feed would suggest that perhaps a subsequent modified amateur transmitter, perhaps operating with a power less than 100 watts, was now providing the program feed from the studios to the broadcast transmitter. Another medium wave station in the underpopulated Chaco area of Paraguay is listed with a similar program feed from the studios to the broadcast transmitter, and this is the Catholic-operated station Radio Pa'i Puku, ZP17. Their address is listed as 389 kilometers Trans-Chaco Highway, Chaco. Medium wave radio Pa'ipuku ZP17 began test transmissions on May 27, 1996, and they were officially inaugurated on September 13 of the following year, 1997. They began regular programming with a 25 kilowatt transmitter on 720 kHz, and then in 2013 they installed a 50 kilowatt transmitter on the same medium wave channel. This station also utilizes a shortwave transmitter, listed with 100 watts on 6890 kHz, as a program feed from the studios to the medium wave transmitter. Perhaps we could surmise that Radio Pa'ipuku also employs a modified amateur transmitter for their program feed. For a couple of years, in 2004 and 2005, Radio America was listed with a very low-power shortwave station in Paraguay with just 5 watts on 7370 kHz. This station was located with the Colegio Tecnico Municipal Santa Rosa de Lima at Nembi in suburban Asuncion. Radio America was associated with another very low-powered shortwave station, Radio Lissimil, at a military encampment at Ipane in suburban Asuncion. Radio Lissimil is a training facility for military personnel and it operates irregularly with a listed 1 watt output on 12,000 kHz. This station, Radio Lissimil, with just 1 watt, has to be the lowest powered shortwave radio broadcasting station in the world, though half a century ago, there was another experimental broadcast station rated at the same power level in the British Isles, somewhere near the border between England and Scotland. So, at the end of 85 years of shortwave broadcasting in South American Paraguay, there are just three stations left, none of which are presenting what we would call a regular broadcasting service. It's Lavos del Chaco, ZP30 at Philadelphia, Chaco, owned by the Mennonite Christians with 100 watts on 6884 kHz. This is used as a studio-to-transmitter link with programming in standard German, Plattdeutsch, Spanish, Portuguese and local languages. Radio Pa'ipuku ZP17 at 389 km Trans-Chaco Highway, Chaco, owned by the Catholic Church with 100 watts on 6890 kHz, this is also used as a studio to transmit a link and has programming in Spanish, Portuguese and local languages. And the third station, Radio Lissimil in Ipane, Asuncion, is a military training station with just one watt on 12,000 kHz. It's used for occasional instructional purposes and when on air can be heard using Spanish and local languages. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you very much, Ray. Ray Robinson there at KVOH in Los Angeles. Well, we recently learned about the death earlier this year of a well-known DXer in Australia, Rex Gillett. Our wave scan editor, Adrian Peterson, 
has the following comments. He said, There were many historic QSLs in Rex Gillett's remarkable collection. I was saddened to learn that Rex had passed away at around 100 years old. However, I was very grateful for the fact that he was indeed a practicing Christian. I knew him well from the World War II era of DXing in South Australia. He, together with his wife Gwen, lived in the same suburb of the city of Adelaide, where I was employed as a management trainee in a large factory that was making American household products under license from the United States. This was just prior to my change of life direction when I decided to seek an education in preparation for Christian ministry. In those days, the South Australian Radio DX Club was meeting monthly on Saturday evenings in the studios of the revived 5KA, which had been installed in the Methodist Mission Building just around the corner from the GPO and the Town Hall in Adelaide's one-mile main square grid. Four of Australia's meeting wave stations had been silenced by government order early in the Pacific War as a security measure. 4AT was taken over by the ABC. 2HD went quiet. 5KA and 5AU also went quiet. However, the licenses for 5KA and 5AU were taken over by another company, and both stations were reactivated before the Pacific War was over. Initially, the 5KA antenna was simply a thick wire running up the church steeple, even before a tower was erected at the same location. Adrian continues, Back in those days, Rex Gillett was recognized as a highly experienced and reliable DXer whose information was quoted quite often in the South Australian Radio Call magazine, the Melbourne Listener Inn, and the Sydney-based Radio and Hobbies, as well as in radio publications in nearby New Zealand. There were times when the American Radio News also published this information. He frequently alerted the international radio world about new shortwave and medium-wave information, and his information was also quite often inserted by Ern Suffolk into the subsequent Radio Australia DX program, and Radio Sweden Calling DXers also quoted his information. Rex was fondly known and appreciated by Arthur Cushion in New Zealand and by many other giants in the international radio world. Yes, his remarkable QSL collection contained rare and priceless QSL cards and letters that are valuable beauties in their own right. His collection over the years was huge. Some recollections there from our editor, Adrian Peterson, about the Australian DXer Rex Gillett, who passed away in February of this year. Well, since March of this year, WWCR's Jerry Plummer and I have been telling you bit by bit about the high-frequency coordination conference that took place in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia at the end of February. We recorded a series of conversations there that we've been presenting here in Wayscan. We're on the final full day of the conference now, day four, and this is the continuation of our recording that day. I think we got kind of a good story to tell, actually. So far, the week's turned out better than I had actually hoped mm-hmm. it would. You know. And at our A21 conference in Tunisia, uh, we have elections, uh, including uh, for the uh, vice chairman of HSCC. Now, where we go for another vice chairman and a rapporteur, mm-hmm. I believe it's called, pronounced. Yeah, now the rapporteur will be, uh, I think, um, uh, Gary Stanley from Encompass. From Encompass, Continuing yeah. his... Uh, uh, getting a new term now, but right. uh, we'll have a new vice chairman, and 
Unless something uh, strange happens between now and then, it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's going to be me. It's kind of like when you. Um, I was going to say ran for chairman, but you didn't run because you're the only one that uh, that was uh, willing to do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> sort of that way on this too. Uh-huh. Well, uh, now that I think about it, uh, Gary Stanley uh, from Encompass, he replaced another British guy. Is it Jeff Spells? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Jeff Spells, because mm-hmm. he was rapporteur for mm-hmm. several years. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is a fancy word for keeping up with records of everything. Yeah, know? yeah, kind of a secretary Note or taker something. Yeah. Or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll do that uh, also. And um, yeah. So when did you start going to these? Um, 2001, just a, a week or so before uh, uh, the attack on the Twin Towers. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, it, yeah. Was in, it was in Montreal. First time in the Americas, in fact. That's right, that's right. Mm-hmm. And then you, they tried to have one, I think maybe 2005 in Mexico. We did. No, no it was Miami. Yeah, it was Miami. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, right. And but you had but to, it was moved to Mexico. <laughs> sure was, yeah, yeah. And I started in 2007 at Abu Dhabi. Uh, that, I missed that one. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, mm. well, you know, we hadn't been back there at all. That's 13 years. Yeah, you know? yeah. But Dubai, though, we were in Dubai. Yeah, 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 that was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's and, and, that's... and the one in Dubai, by the way, um, mm-hmm. I the best way, the, the least expensive way for us to get there was via Moscow on um, Aeroflot. And so we stopped wow. over in uh, Moscow for a couple of days and visited Radio Moscow. Uh, as well Joe, as the Joe Adamov and all that. Is this Joe, uh, uh, he may have been uh, passed away by then, I'm not sure. But we visited some uh, people who I'd heard for decades, oh, you know, yeah, on Radio yeah. Moscow. Yeah. Well, you're probably right because Joe Adamov, you remember, he also broadcast during World War Two. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, so he, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, yeah. I think just not far before he passed, not long before that, he was able to make a trip to the United States for the yes. Monitoring Times annual conference that they had. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, yeah. Um, but I bet you'd listen to people uh, when you saw people that you'd listen to. Oh, well, I met uh, Carl Watts, who oh, was yeah, uh, a yeah, Canadian, yeah, in fact. Yeah, I, think, yeah. I remember him. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember him. Heard him for a long time, and uh, and I'm sorry I can't remember her name, but the lady who did the uh, mailbag along with uh, Joe Adamon. Yeah, I Joe Adamon. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. Oh, I listened so. to that for years and years. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, so you flew yeah. from the U.S. to. Makba to yeah. Moscow? Yeah. Wow. And back through Moscow again. And then flew from there to... Uh, uh, to to, Abu, um, to Dubai. Wow, mm-hmm. now that's an obtuse way to travel. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was real cold and then got real hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never been on Aeroflot. From what you remember, was it okay? Uh, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Well, that's yeah. interesting. Not yeah. too bad. It was, it was I've different. Never, I've never been on Aeroflot. Uh, yeah, you know. that was the only time I've ever flown. Wow, that's, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. an interesting yeah. thing. Well, you know, so all in all, I think we've had a pretty good week, really. It's uh, mm-hmm. uh, still not as much, uh, to be expected, not as much total coordination as normal, but we had a lesser group here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to give these people credit. They have fought to try to get the emails to do what they want them to do. It's it's mm-hmm. just not as effective as... Uh, you yeah. know when you, but but that's okay. Uh, starting yeah. starting with Sophia, we'll be back up again. But you know, our FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, was not here, and uh, uh, we had a couple of collisions that we had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because the stations that we had collisions with were here at the conference, right. but our FCC representative was in DC, right? And yeah. she was in Washington, so. 
we had to coordinate with her and it worked just fine by email mm -hmm. uh, in this case and and she was able to approve everything and 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 so it worked. Yeah, yeah, it worked. And to those that yeah. say, well, why don't you just do it yourself? If we, if you have a shortwave station in the United States, then it's under the protection, if you will, of the FCC. Mm -hmm. So all of us that are in the U.S., we go to the FCC with these, and the FCC makes the changes. Yeah, I mean, we can request, we can request yeah. a particular frequency at a particular time, but right. it all has to be approved by the FCC. But, but, you know, they're good to work with almost all the time when you ask for something. You know, you've already checked it out, and they check it out. Yeah. But just so in case anybody's wondering, so why don't you just do it yourself? Well, you, you kind of <laughs> did, but then you had to get the FCC involved. Mm -hmm. And look, they did respond. That's that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's your tax dollar at work, Jeff. You know? That's right. That's right. And for most countries, uh, the stations do have to go through their their own administration, they do. Uh, they government do, yeah. administration. Yeah, they do. Uh, so everybody, I guess, it just shows everybody has a boss somewhere. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I saw several um, uh, activities as far as updates to the system that were occurring at unusual hours overnight, and that tells me somebody was talking with somebody else in another country yeah. and it yeah. took you know the over because we're 14 hours uh, difference 13 14 hours difference from the u.s that means that uh, it's kind of tough on our fcc compadres because mm -hmm. they're up they're up day and night yeah you know yeah. next time hopefully more, more people will all be together in the I same time zone it, yeah i'm sure yeah. we will i'm sure we'll have more <laughs> and i guess just sort of in closing uh, this time you know we talked about you going to go to the red mountain and then you went to the star wars <laughs> uh this time too i think you and Thais are going to spend a day or two somewhere else aren't you are you going well, to tomorrow the conference ends at noon there's mm -hmm. a short session in the morning and then lunch and then it ends right. and then uh this is on friday and then uh, we're taking off almost immediately for Phnom Penh, Cambodia, mm -hmm, uh, which mm -hmm. is only about a, less than a two-hour flight from here. Yeah, yeah, it's close, yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's we decided we've never been there, so we wanted to see it. <laughs> yeah, and when else? Uh, you're not going to get much closer than two hours away. No, no, you so know. it's a good opportunity. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe the only opportunity we'll ever have. I've, so. never, I've never been in Cambodia, ever. You know, I don't know. No, and you know, we remember hearing so much about it back in the 70s and mm -hmm. the 80s with all the problems they had there. Right, see what uh, it's going to be like. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think things are a little more under control now, but... Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll get a good look at it, I guess. I think one of the other reasons you initially thought about going was it was so hard getting airline stuff lined up on the way back. You yeah, know, and you yeah, figured yeah. I could do this and then I could get on that plane. Yeah, and now we're supposed to, after we get done in Cambodia, we're supposed to go back through South Korea, and I'm not quite sure because they just increased the CDC health alerts. Yeah, uh, there. and, and the, uh, that now state.gov has followed mm -hmm. it, so it's level three. Mm -hmm. uh, it only goes to four. Mm -hmm. Four is just cancellation. Yeah. But three says you really shouldn't be going there, so you may wind yeah. up having to go. Well, as a matter of fact, yeah. I had to change mine. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of going through Seoul, now I'm going through Tokyo, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, we may have to do. The you same. may have to do the same. Mm -hmm. But I guess one last part about that: if you do go the other option, which is to Amsterdam, uh -huh. you know, then this trip, you and her, will have circled the entire globe <laughs> in one trip, and, and and kind of back again because we might have to fly from Kuala Lumpur to Amsterdam, 
Amsterdam to Seattle, Washington, and then Seattle, Washington back to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) You may go like, I think the (laughs) circumference is maybe 25,000. You may be doing (laughs) 30,000. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think about that, but you'll be going backwards kind of to go forwards, yeah. Yeah, we won't know what day or time it is or anything by the time we get done on that one. No, no, (laughs) no. Well, I mean, good luck on that. We'll see how that works, but... uh, It's just reflective of, you know, I guess, you know, one reason our attendance is down, we said all week, was there's so much uh, going on, you know, so much mm-hmm. indecision. And here at the very end of the conference, I had to change a flight, and you probably will too, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah. Well, have a good have a good trip back. And okay, we'll, uh, you too, and uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, sounds good, Jeff. Thanks, Jerry. All right, I'll see you later. Jerry Plummer was speaking with me there at the HFCC A20 shortwave frequency coordination conference in Malaysia earlier this year. The B20 HFCC conference should have taken place during the last week of August this year in Bulgaria, but due to the coronavirus situation, that meeting has been canceled, and the next HFCC will be the A21 conference in Tunisia next February. Now let's go to the Philippines. Here's Henry Umanai with his report. Hello everyone, to our dear shortwave listeners, wherever you're welcome to the July 12 edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 160. I'm Henry Umaday in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental, Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXR friends for sending the reception report most recently. Martin Schoek in Isenas, Germany. Close Peter Helger in Lagenhagen, Germany, Pavel Evanov in Belgorod in Russia, Konstantin Barsenkov in St. Petersburg in Russia, Dmitry Kotosov in Ryazan, Russia, Dmitry Ilagin in Saratov, Russia, Anatoly Klefov in Moscow in Russia, Sak Alvarez in Dasmarinas Cavite here in the Philippines, Richard Limke in Alberta, Canada, and Patrick Robert in Leibniz in Austria. To all of you, thank you very much. Reception logs for June 2020. June 1, Adventist World Radio on 12.040 in English from Guam at 22.10 SIO 4.44. June 1, NHK Radio Japan on 13.680 in Japanese from Yamata at 22.09 SIO 3.33. June 1, Adventist World Radio on 11.955 in Indonesian from Agat Guam at 23.13 SIO 4.44. June 1, Voice of Vietnam on 12.020 in English from Suntai at 100 SIO 3.33. June 1, Voice of Mongolia 12.085 in English from Ulaanbaatar at 0.955 SIO 4.33. June 9, KBS World Radio on 9.770 in English from Jimje to Southeast Asia at 0.832 SIO 3.43. June 10, Radio Filipinas Overseas Service on 12.010 in English from Tinang at 0.225 SIO 454. June 10, KNLS New Life Station on 9.695 in English from Anchor Point at 0.834 SIO 433. June 11, Radio Free Asia on 12.040 in Burmese from Tinang at midnight 50 SIO 433. June 11, Voice of Korea on 9635 in Korean from Kujang at 0234 SIO 333. June 12, Radio Japan on 15280 in Japanese from Yamata 
at 0828 SIO 555. June 18, Adventist Soul Ratio on 12.040 in Indonesian from Guam at 22.04 SIO 433 and June 19, KNLS New Life Station on 9695 in English from Anchor Point, Alaska at 0852 22 SIO 555. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception logs, and informations to PilipinasDX at Yahoo.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-S-T-X for PilipinasDX at Yahoo.com. This has been Henry Maday for Voice Can in Bacolod City, Negros Occidental, Central Philippines, Mabuhay, at maraming salamat po. Thank you, Henry. And we end today's WaveScan where we started with Day by Day, the Swedish hymn played on Paraguayan harp with accompaniment. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio, researched and written by Adrian Peterson in Indianapolis. Next week, the radio scene with the Japanese sea monster. We'll go back to the HFCC in Malaysia once again and our Bangladesh DX report as well. Several QSL cards are available for WaveScan. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for WaveScan to the AWR address in Bangkok. We'll give it to you in just a moment. And also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa or to IRRS Italy or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in WaveScan. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. We appreciate your reception reports, all of which are QSL'd in due course. However, we do have a request when you're sending a reception report to Adventist World Radio by email. Please send it to only one AWR email address without a copy to other AWR emails. The only email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G. Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, that's Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakadong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. And there's an email address for other correspondence to WaveScan other than reception reports. That is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone.